Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back. I hope you've had a great weekend. You're sunburned and, and, and have filled a freezer full of fish or game or whatever it is you've been, been uh, chasing this past weekend. This is Walter, and I am back with Jason Felt. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm glad to have you on board. I've been watching you on Instagram. For y'all that don't recognize the name Jason Felt, he's the owner of the Bowhunter Box Club, and he has been gracious enough to come on today and talk about his uh, Texas Axis deer hunt, which I'm thrilled to hear about. I've I've heard about Axis deer. I didn't know they were here in the Continental 48, and to, to know that has piqued my interest. But uh, before we get into that, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Wild Edge Incorporated, maker of the stepladder. Y'all have heard him, heard us talk about his products there, and, and he is a terrific guy and a terrific company, and you please check him out. Go to his website, www.wildedgeinc.com, and see what he has to offer. <clears throat> All right, Jason, so you are from the great state of Texas, correct? Yes, sir, that is correct. Born and raised? Uh, close. I've been here since, since I was in second grade, so... Um, I'm an adopted Texan. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. I was, <laughs> yeah, but I was... Not, not going anywhere else. <laughs> you, you, I take it. You, you really, uh, enjoy the state of Texas. I do, man. I do. You can't, can't beat it. So, um, great place. Awesome place to hunt. Beautiful women. Can't beat it. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I've only been out there a couple times to visit my sister, and I've never made it into the outdoors. But uh, thus far, my experience has been that it's a a very large state with a lot of a lot to offer. From you know, like the little cultural towns like Austin to the you know vast areas out there to get lost and wander in. It just looks like it's a sportsman's paradise. Absolutely, and it's so unique in all the different areas of the state being so large. I mean, everywhere from the Panhandle to like way out west in the mountains of El Paso to South Texas to East Texas are just completely different in, in their own unique ways. So uh, you you really get 
opportunities in a lot of different things if, if you're willing to travel the state a little bit. So I, I take it that that's what you, exactly you do. You kind of travel all over and hunt all the corners. As much as I'd like to claim it, I, I plan to do that. But uh, we do, <laughs> we, we do uh, with my buddy and I. We we do get to cover a little bit of it for between here at home in the in the North Texas area near Dallas um, to where we hunt is out uh, near San Angelo in the western part of the state. So uh, we get to cover a little bit of it between here and there. But um, it's definitely a, a lot different. Um, when you take this area compared to that area as far as what you're going to see game-wise. So um, it, it is a unique perspective. And then if you go a little bit north of where we are, then you actually start to get into territory that has mule deer. And then you know, there's even some parts of the state with antelope and um, just a lot of unique opportunities. But Really? I didn't think that antelope would be uh, a Texas thing. Maybe that's just not commonly not much associated. Of, yeah. Not much of it, but if you get up in the in the Lubbock, Amarillo, Panhandle part of the state, there there are definitely some some out there. But you're you're not too far away from New Mexico at that point. So, well, then that starts to make sense if you think about it ge- uh, geographically. Yep. So, is are there a lot of public land opportunities out there, or is it a lot of private land? It's a lot of private land. So okay. that's where, uh, as much as I love the great state of Texas, that's a uh, great example of why uh, the fight for public lands has definitely got to continue and to protect them because, you know, as soon as that, that uh, control starts to turn over and to go private, you're going to end up just like Texas where everything's privately held. And um, unfortunately, it does kind of require ponying up some money to get on some places to hunt here. Um, most of the ways that people hunt and what we do too is you get your your deer lease and you pay a fee each year to have access to the hunting rights to the land and um you know every year it goes on it does get a little more pricey to start to get on people's land and unfortunately that just uh takes a lot of opportunity away from a lot of people yeah i can't i can't help but wonder if that has a a long-term negative impact on new hunters you know it the nda i think uh, I think it was them. They do did a survey about you know what they what was the biggest barrier to entry for uh, folks coming into it, and the number one thing that they they cited was a, a you know a, a limited or a lack of public land for them to go out and you know feel like they could you know mess up and not you know be heavily scrutinized and whatnot. You know here in Florida, um, I'm on the Panhandle, Florida, right here in Tallahassee. I I'm fortunate to have about Within an hour, if you're willing to drive at least an hour, I've got at least 750,000 acres of public land within an hour of me here. Oh, and wow. Yeah, it's, it's, so we've got the Apalachicola National Forest, which is 535,000 uh, continuous acres, um, several waterway systems, and it goes right on down to the coast. So it starts on the southern side of Tallahassee, and it stretches all the way down to the coastline. And then you've just got a variety of state and other national forests here on the panhandle. Um, if you're willing to drive within... I'd say two hours of here, I'd, I'd argue you've probably got a million to a million and a half acres of public land, all all sorts of turkey and small game and whitetail hunting, hog, you name it. So wow. I'm, I'm kind of blessed here. So I hear about things where there's limited public land and I'm, I'm thinking, man, how, how do people get into it? I guess they just have to pony it up. You, you know, that that's very accurate. So we there's only small patches of public land here. Um, when it comes to like waterfowl hunting, you can do okay. But as far as like 
bigger game like Whitetail, honestly, I, I've not yet to hear any good things from anybody that goes out there and tries to hunt it. It's so limited. You're, you have so many people that try to squeeze in there and sure. uh, just a whole other laundry list of, of items that just make it to where it's not a, uh, a deal that really works out and is very appealing to many folks. So, um, for myself, I got extremely lucky to get into it uh, um, with a buddy of mine. So, thankfully, his family um, has, has some land through some connections and stuff to where basically the lease that we've been hunting, um, they've been hunting out there for 19, 20 years at this point. Oh, and wow. uh, I just got lucky enough to, to become friends with an with a awesome guy that uh, opened up the opportunity to myself. So um like my brother and i we didn't we didn't grow up hunting unfortunately my my family was uh you know they all grew up on farms out in the western part of kansas and they did grow up hunting and everything but uh through some moves business wise when i was very young my dad uh we ended up moving um and uh moving to the city stayed in the city the whole time and um everything uh, you know country wise hunting everything just kind of wasn't something we did so it wasn't something my brother and i got the opportunity to do as kids and um so as we got older and got out of school and it was obviously something that still interested us. Like, you know, I bought, I bought my first, you know, high powered rifle and started acquiring some stuff towards hunting. But even though I had it, I never had an opportunity to actually go hunt. It was just like, well, so I uh, ended up becoming good friends with my buddy, Eric, and we started talking about it. And deer hunting was one of his, um, I say one of it is his absolute favorite thing to do. And, um, we were hanging out together and we were talking about it and i was like well i got a rifle but as at this point the only thing it's ever shot is paper and he says well we'll change that and uh, <laughs> oh man that's a good friend. That, yeah absolutely that following fall he took me along and uh man i've just been hooked since so so even though my whole hunting career has only been a few short years i'm 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 hooked obviously to the point of starting businesses related to hunting and uh honestly one of the main goals of that is to try to make it easier for some new people to acquire some gear so um i, I have just been incredibly lucky to be blessed to go along with with a with a friend to get into hunting and um, just to get back to the original point of that is for everybody else in this area that's pretty much what it comes down to either your dad has to be on a lease and take you out when you're a kid so you're hooked on it or or you got to have a place that you're lucky enough a buddy can bring you along because some of the leases get pretty strict on their rules on if they're if you're allowed to even bring anybody or let alone let them you know shoot an animal or something so it, it can be tough so well and I, i'd be willing to to bet my last dollar that you won't forget the kindness your friend showed you and probably at some point down the road you'll find somebody or run into somebody who wants to get into it and i'd be willing to bet uh, you'd return that favor. Am I wrong? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm excited to do that. And, and you know, that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast was there was, you know, everything has gotten so serious in the, in the outdoor industry. You know, uh, one of the, one of the catalysts for this was there was a, a, a 15 year old boy who shot a six point. It was a little basket, one year and a half year old deer. And I remember seeing everybody going, you know, oh, you shouldn't have shot a deer that small and everything. This was his first, like, ever. He had just been introduced to the woods, you know. It was one of these special hunts. And I kept thinking, man, we got to get back to just telling a story and enjoying ourselves. And, and Absolutely. So, um, but, you know, you, you touched on something. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody who isn't familiar. Uh, you mentioned the company that you started up surrounding 
uh, bow hunting. Why don't you tell them a little bit about the Bow Hunter Box Club? Okay. Well, so it's a monthly subscription subscription box business called Bow Hunter Box Club. Um, so for a, a monthly fee, it's forty dollars a month. Each and every month, you're going to get a box of bow hunting gear in the mail. Um, we ship about on the tenth of every month. So um, right after that, the uh, anticipation starts to build for everybody to get the box and get the excitement to figure out what it is. Uh, we've heard uh, a lot of sentiments of people comparing it to being like Christmas every month. But um, <laughs> so it's a month, and it's, you're going to get bow hunting related gear, um, whether it be products for you to test out and try out like different broadheads um different useful items that could be maintenance related items for your bow protective items um just stuff that people are going to find useful as bow hunters any there could be anything from scent control to tools to broadheads to um you name it if it's bow hunting related um last month we had some uh target covers that uh are some games like tic-tac-toe in a baseball game that way right here in the in the middle of the summer while everybody's uh, should be out practicing, making sure their, their gears tuned up and ready to go come fall. It's a fun way to add some, um, ways to spice up your practice and keep it interesting and kind of, you know, enjoy some games with your buddies. So basically it is, uh, also you're going to get more value for your money. So it's $40 a month. We aim to have a minimum of 60 to $70 worth of value in the box every month. Um, some months will be more. Uh, so you're going to get way more for your money compared to going to the retail store. Plus, it comes directly to your doorstep. So, kind of the premise behind it was originally a couple of years ago. I was wanting to try some different broadheads, and while I am lucky enough to have a big store with great selection close by the house, not very many people really are in the grand scheme of things. And even if they do, if you go in there to try different broadheads, I mean, you're going to buy. If you buy four or five different ones to give it a true test, you're going to be dropping a couple hundred bucks, go test it out, and then have to go you know, spend more money to go buy whichever one you like. Well, right, right. I was just kind of like looking, and I was like, man, that, this could be a cool way for not only people to try some different things that maybe they wouldn't be walking through the store and pick up and put in their cart or whatever the case may be. They can actually test it out, give it a fair chance because they have it in hand trying it, not just because – you know, somebody on the internet says, oh, that's junk or that's great. Um, so it gives them a chance to really try some different products and, and help try to make their their setup the best it can possibly be for themselves. And then, um, so it was kind of started with that, that idea. It was, you know, hey, we can try different things, get different products to people that maybe they hadn't heard of or wouldn't think to buy or, or maybe they would think to buy but haven't had a chance to. And then it shows up at the door, you know. Um, so many possibilities with it. It, it. It's incredibly exciting for myself when I, when I start kind of going down that path. I've got a laundry list of of uh, companies that um, you know some I have reached out to, some that I haven't yet, some that have reached out to me um, that we just are working with and plan on contacting for the future so that we can have some exciting stuff in there. But um, also everything from like string wax because you always need that and if you're like me you show up at, at hunting camp with your whole your whole box full of gear with everything you possibly could ever need and plus more and then your buddy shows up with nothing but his bow and uh <laughs> so you know having extra things like string wax and stuff like that is always always useful so well, um, I, know, I know i'm guilty of that myself <laughs> <laughs> so it's also a good way for companies too like hey you, you got a product you want to get out to people? It is, it, as long as it's a quality product, because I really want it to be useful, quality stuff. That's going to be the number one focus is quality stuff, 
that's useful for people and that they're excited to be a part of. Like, because I want I want them to recognize, like, hey, it's just somebody else that's excited about bow hunting, trying to bring this to you, not not some big nameless, faceless company trying to just squeeze a dollar by sending you leftover junk. Um, so we're also always open for feedback. If there's ever anything people think would be cool to send out and try out, like we're always open to suggestions. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the idea behind it. Just trying to help everybody out and add some excitement to it and, um, you know, do our deal that way. And, and there was nobody serving bow hunters specifically. So, um, while there are, are a couple other hunting subscription boxes that, they're great. Um, none of them serves bow hunters specifically. Sure, so sure. we, yeah. we all know that as bow hunters, the people are very passionate and they wear that title of bow hunter with pride. So, um, you know, serving them specifically has been awesome. Well, I, I think it's, you know, I, I look at it and the first thing I think of is, is what's a better way to spend the off season than, you know, every month to be able to expect a new box of goodies to go out in the backyard while you're, I mean, we're all out there dreaming or we're all sitting behind a desk at home or doing something thinking about the off season or during, you know, the actual hunting season itself. So it just seems like an awesome idea. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know, you've put this out there. So well, I, I hope, appreciate. I that. hope people take take you up on that because it seems like a great and it would you you've really hit the nail on the head. The stuff that's in there would really uh, benefit the new guy more than anything. The guy who's trying to you know accumulate all those things that you know you and I over a period of time have done already naturally. So, absolutely. I mean, as bow as bow hunters or or hunters in general, all the little knickknack stuff that you're going to acquire over time. It, I mean, it adds up, and it's it's. Uh, you know, if you try to, especially as a new hunter, bring that all in at once, like one, there could be a cost factor to it. But then the other side of it is you're new. You you don't know what you need. I mean, hopefully, hopefully you're lucky enough to have a buddy kind of guide you. And I know when I started, I think I blew my buddy's phone up like crazy. What, what should I get? What about this? What does this mean? What is that? And like, you know, just cause I'm kind of a gear nut like that. And, um, you know not everybody has somebody to guide them like that or or realizes like i look at my journey through bow hunting over the last few years too like how many things like how many things do i go buy every single year because i'm like oh man that would have been nice to have you know Uh, it's like one of the first things you seem like you have to do after a hunting trip is go get something because you realize it would have been nice to have the previous weekend you know (laughs) so um just kind of take it in everybody's you know trial and error over the years with that and you know it can help somebody acquire that kind of gear and useful stuff for their uh, their kit in a shorter period of time at a lesser cost. Well, let me let me ask you this: switching gears a little bit, how was your 2016 2017 uh, winter season? Uh, honestly, for me, it was uh, very uneventful. Unfortunately, um, most of my uh, hunting trips got scrapped uh, due to some unforeseen uh, medical stuff with the, with the family. Nothing oh, too no. crazy, but. Uh, you know, my wife and son both had some some little things pop up and ended up with a couple minor surgeries and things like that that uh, just made it to where obviously those took priority over those trips. So, sure. um, and then also the couple trips early season, as uh, dry as West Texas usually is, uh, we got downpoured on and it was it was crazy. But so I was lucky in the very limited amount of time I got to hunt, I was able to put a couple deer in the freezer. Um, so, so what I, I got, I shot two turkey and two deer. So, um, we, we, we put meat in the freezer and we were letting some arrows fly. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was there good as go. far as that aspect is concerned, but 
Well, but, I mean, uh, I, I hope everything, everybody is okay and well now. Um, oh, everybody's all well and good. So. Good. Well, that's what's important yep. in the end, man. There'll be, there's always next hunting season, so I'm glad to hear that. Absolutely. And then uh, to, to top that off, uh, you know, the subject we plan on talking about is that we have access deer out where I hunt. And uh, in Texas, that's an exotic, and you can hunt those year-round. So, Really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. <laughs> so they're, they're very cool animals, man. Very cool. So, and well, let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and jump right on into that then. Yeah. And so give me, give me a little bit of backdrop. Like what kind of, uh, what kind of area are you hunting? Um, because there's such a diverse territory, you know, uh, geography to Texas. Where, where mm-hmm. are you hunting and, and, and how does one in your, in your situation go about, uh, pursuing access deer? So where we're hunting is, uh, like I mentioned, it's out west near San Angelo. Um, so if you're not familiar with where San Angelo is, if you take the panhandle of Texas and just go south of there just a little bit, um, that's where you'd be. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because, like, if you watch people hunt in Africa and, like, you look at the terrain, like, you know, it actually looks pretty similar to, like, out where we are. Um, it's pretty much flat um there's cactus and mesquite trees everywhere there's not really much for tall trees pretty dry pretty dusty um but uh for some reason axis deer thrive out there also down in the hill country area near austin um i think they originate from somewhere in asia um but they they do extremely well over there in that area so um and as far as pursuing the axis deer we where we are in texas like i said most of you in private land you're restricted to where you like the land that you have access to so you, you can't really cover tons of area and try to set up many different game plans on them uh, a lot of hunting in texas is sitting in a blind there are feeders um but the feeders don't prove to be very effective with axis deer like they would be for whitetail um so now now, let me just interject for a moment here did did you mean to tell me that the notion that if you put up a feeder everything and all things will come and it's just a matter of sitting there (laughs) if only it was that that simple yeah there there seems to be you know we can we can bait here in, in florida and there's a notion that if you just throw some corn out on the ground and you have a you know a crack shot with a rifle you can go ahead and guarantee you know, a monster in the freezer every year. It takes all the sport out of it. But you're you're saying that's no, not true. not at all, not at all. <laughs> I uh, you know, back to you talked about my start in hunting. I uh, I, it was funny enough. I actually the very first morning I ever sat by myself, it was actually an Axis doe that walked up, and I I didn't shoot her. I was kind of they. I was always told that Axis travel in herds, which they do. Um, they typically travel in bigger groups, and it was a lone Axis doe. And I was I was kind of like, well, they've told me they're coming in groups, like there's one like hey there's gonna be more coming like like, let's wait and see (laughs) and then she left and they're like you didn't shoot it i'm like no and and at this point too i'd never killed a deer so like everything about it plus the axis does there's so many of them like you know pretty much like we just need to to kill axis does if we see them just because they're in such high numbers out there too um but uh what yeah, a wonderful I, problem to to have! Uh, absolutely, uh, un, absolutely. Un, unlimited game <laughs> and an unlimited season. <laughs> right, exactly. With no bag limit whatsoever. Um, oh man, it's uh, 
so I did, I did not shoot that deer. And for the next year plus I sat in stands uh, in rifle stands, hundred plus yards away, um, over automatic corn feeders on timers and, uh, did not see any deer. And we were in a part of the state that the, the deer density is very high. Like there's a very large quantity of, of deer. So, um, yeah, even with every indication saying like, this is the prime time to throw a feeder and like have a deer show up from everywhere. Uh, they still don't, they, they're still wild animals. It's, it's not always that simple. And especially if you're going to be hunting larger, mature animals, they're very smart and you typically will not see them come to a feeder. So huh. interesting. Yep. So we, we've seen them like I've, I've seen a, a mature whitetail that you could just tell was bigger and more mature. And I mean, we could see him through a tree line on the other side on this other Sendero. And like, he just did like a big circle around as if he was, he knew the feeder was there and was just kind of scouting to see if there's any does or anything over there that was interested in him. And, uh, he, he, he went around it like he, he was smart. So, so they, so it, if you compare the 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 compare and contract, uh, compare and contrast, compare and contrast, uh, an axis deer to a whitetail for all the listeners who don't have, which is probably all of them, and experience with them, how would you say that they're the axis deer is different overall? Um, as far as behavior is concerned, they're definitely more skittish than a whitetail. Um, I would argue that they're smarter. Um, a lot of times where you may see like a whitetail come to a tree line and stop. And, like, he'll kind of stop on the edge of the tree line and kind of observe and look around before he does anything else. Uh, for the most part, if you see an axis, uh, they're hauling butt. Like, they're going to go from one thick area to another pretty much as quickly as possible. Um, so they are definitely um, a little tougher to hunt as far as all that's concerned. Um, where you would hear a whitetail doe stomp and snort and, you know, make those awful noises that we all dread to hear. Um, <laughs> and axis doe, uh, barks. It's a very high pitched bark. And, what? uh, yes, yes, they bark. And, um, you can, I would recommend looking that up on YouTube. There's a couple of videos on there, axis doe bark. And, uh, it's, it's a unique sound and it's very loud. You can hear it oh, from a long cool. ways away. Yeah. And, um, so they're cool. They are uh, compared to our our whitetails out there. The bodies of an axis deer are a lot bigger. Um, but with that said, uh, the bodies on the whitetails we have are pretty small. Um, so that they're definitely bigger than the whitetails out there. Um, they're a darker, more reddish color, and they have white spots their entire life. Um, and I, I don't know if you've heard or not, but they're the meat is just unbelievable. Uh, like whitetail meat's great, but it doesn't even compare to access meat. It's, it's no, delicious. I had heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're just very unique, cool animals, man. Um, the bucks when they are, uh, when they are, I guess what you would consider rutting, um, they make this awful sound that you could compare to like an elk bugling. They tilt their head back and all that. And it just sounds like some awful moaning sound. But um, <laughs> but they do kind of have their own like type of bugle, um, and then that's another really interesting fact about them is they are not like our other game animals where they have their one mating season per year, and you know we hunt whitetail and you always look for it during the rut as the does go into heat. Um, with axis, there's they they reproduce year round, 
Um, so you like at all times of the year, you can go out there and you can hear them like out there making those like uh, you know kind of bugling type sounds that they make, and um, you could see. And I we in one weekend um, we've seen axis deer that are uh, fully hard horned. Um, we've seen them to where like some of them are freshly dropped and just barely like like maybe three four inches into regrowth of antler um and then also that are like full velvet maybe two-thirds of the way into regrowth full velvet where they're pretty much grown but just hadn't gotten to the point of shedding the velvet yet i mean you can see them in all cycles at the same time because it just you know and then they're born year round so then the does go all go into heat at different times so it's really interesting there's no one defined mating season that you would hunt them during so can you can you exploit that the fact that there's a constant rut like you would with with whitetail can you call to access deer and use that in your favor no i have not seen that i'm not seeing that work um and it was actually interesting I saw that asked somewhere else, and, and I know I've searched for it. It's like, you know, there's no calls or anything. We've, we've tried getting some, like, elk calls, like cow calls, and seeing if that would do anything. And right. up to this point, we have not seen anything be effective on on that where we are. And um, certainly if somebody has, I would love to hear it. But they are unique enough that there's not a lot of information out there. Um, they are the only United States locations that I'm aware of that you will find access deer is in Texas, um, which there there's quite a few out in the area we hunt. And then down in the hill country area, there's, there's a lot also, but then the other area that they're known to be at is in Hawaii. Oh, so, now see, I, you know, I, I did know that I, there's a, a fellow that I follow on Instagram. I can't think of what his name is. He shoots an obsession bow and that's how I found him. Um, but he stacks up the axis deer. I mean, I bet mm-hmm. you this guy kills 15 to 20 a year. I mean, it just seems like he's always out there hunting them. Um, yep. And uh, he seems to have fun with it, so I'm sure you did too. Oh, yeah, they're awesome animals. And actually, uh, like I was looking on Instagram also on their the uh, Under Armour Hunt Instagram stories. And right now, John Dudley and Joe Rogan and uh, Remy Warren, Warren are in right. Hawaii hunting axis deer right now. and. Um, it's definitely interesting, definitely much different looking country where they are compared to where we hunt them, but it seems like them being in, in large supply is also kind of common. Like, uh, and I guess that could be partly because of they reproduce year round and, um, just unique care characteristics. But, um, I know I mentioned them or I, I mentioned, I heard them mention, uh, the barking as well. And, um, it's, it's definitely unique, man. Well, that's cool, man. I'm going to have to. I'm gonna have to find one of these places to go and and do this. You know, I've I've looked at you know Argentina uh, is a similar situation in that all the four legged uh, vegetarians that run around there are all invasive, and there's no there's no limit, there's no season. You can kill them however you want to on public ground. And I've always looked at my out of state options, and you know, you look at paying a guide out in Colorado five grand or you know whatever, it's several thousand dollars, whatever it may turn out to be. Um, you know, you can fly to, to New Zealand for about $1,200 and shoot as many deer as you want. There's no tag. There's no registration. You take your bow and it, it even streamlines the process because they do have some firearm regulations. Mm-hmm. And it, it just seems like a real easy way to, 
maybe even convince the significant other that she could go to a resort while you're out there <laughs> put, putting some meat in the freezer. So That's awesome. I can definitely relate to that thought. It's like, okay, if I go here to hunt, she can go there. Um, that's awesome. That's Isn't awesome. Isn't that an so, interesting transition that we go through from being single chasing animals to then trying to find a way to make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're tending to everybody's needs. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, Texas, um, like you said, unfortunately there's not a lot of public opportunities. Um, I don't know of any public opportunities for access to here, but, um, there's, there's definitely, um, plenty of opportunities to hunt them. And then, uh, you know, if, if you know somebody too, that always helps. Um, so yeah, if you ever make it to Texas and we, we can try to get you out there and get you on some access deer. Oh man, that sounds great. Well, how about, how about you go ahead and, uh, start us off and, and maybe give us the, the time of year, the conditions and kind of go ahead and guide us through your, your access hunt, buddy. Well, um, so the particular hunt that we were talking about, um, wasn't necessarily out there as a specific access hunt. Um, like I said, you can hunt them year-round. Uh, we still do primarily most of our hunting during the whitetail deer season. Um, and we were out there, and this was the last weekend of the uh, general season for deer, uh, whitetail deer. And um, so we were out there hunting, and uh, I went over to this uh, little spot that's kind of uh, my little honey hole um that's my favorite spot to hunt um uh and i was kind of going over there with the intention of shooting a you know my kind of what i was looking for is probably another whitetail doe put a little more meat in the freezer and um, it, the weather that morning actually happened to uh it, it took quite a turn on us when we woke up in the morning went out to hunt it was in the it was it was early january and uh it was it was above freezing when we went out to to go hunt that morning when we got in the vans and uh the temperatures dropped and some rain came in and uh so the way they dropped the rain came in it was like freezing rain it wasn't a snow and i i don't know if that contributed to it but um there was some access deer that happened to stroll in where i was sitting that morning and uh it, it was just a really cool situation to watch them come in especially being side by side with the white-tailed deer that were that were there um that morning so the, these and when i say that they can be in different uh like antler growth phases this particular weekend was one of the most significant examples of that because my my buddy had shot one the afternoon before with his rifle um and it was 34 inch uh antlers that were hard horned um yeah they're tall and uh so then i happened to see uh, one that was only a couple inches into regrowth and then one that was like you know i'd say just over two-thirds of the way regrown um antler wise but um so these axis deer strolled in but uh and there was a buck that he i did end up shooting him and with my bow from about 27 yards um it took a while for him to to turn the the right direction just quartered away for me to shoot him but the the coolest part about the uh the encounter with that deer actually started a month before uh we were we were out there hunting in december and um back in the same stand where i i typically seem to frequent because i just like that area and uh I, I shot a, uh, a little management whitetail buck, and uh, when I was going to recover 
that deer after shooting it. Um, I went up this ridge and started working my way up um, through the trees, kind of trying to see if I could find blood or anything. And I just hear something just giving a tree hell. Like you, you just, I mean, go into town on this little little tree. And I, I work my way around and I see this thin little tree just getting raked back and forth. And all I see is this big, huge, long axis antler going up and down this, this uh, tree. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And everything about where I was in relation to this axis deer was wrong. But I was like, there's got to be a way to get to it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I knock an arrow, and I'm just like – I crouch down, and I'm just like thinking and watching. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Uh, I try to get my phone out, see if I can record some video <laughs> of the tree uh, like going up and down. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and make a move. And as I go to make a move – this other axis buck comes up this hill from this other direction and like from like 60 yards is just staring me right in the face. And uh, if you've never seen an axis deer on the, on their face area, right, right in their brow area, they have a real defined dark kind of V area above their eyes that just when they're looking at you face to face, it just looks like they're pissed off. And oh, cool. um, yeah, very cool. So I just froze for a while. I just crouched down. Uh, just sat there, me and this deer basically staring at each other face to face, and you know, finally he he decided something wasn't right and turned around and and uh, ran out of there, and um, so did the other deer that was over there on that tree, and uh, so I was just like, oh man, that was incredible, but that was our last morning of that hunt, and uh, so they ran off. Uh, thankfully, a few minutes later, I did uh, recover the other the deer that I'd shot and. Got it back to uh, camp, quartered up, and all that good stuff to uh, to take it home. And um, but then that that encounter was just like you know just blazed in my mind. Like it was just right. so intense. You know, it was up close and personal. It, it was just crazy. So um, that's pretty much all I could think about for a long time. When we and it'd been a few weeks because it is about a five hour drive out to where we hunt. Um, been a few weeks since we'd been out there and that weekend I was just like, man, it was about this time of day on this day. They were coming through here, like in, and they, they weren't coming to a feeder. Like it was a trail up behind on this ridge. And I, I was just like, oh man, I just, all I could think about was like, hopefully those access deer stroll through there again. And, um, let me, let me ask you, let me ask you a real quick question. Mm-hmm. When when you said he was hitting that tree, are are they are they doing the same thing as whitetails? Are they creating a scrape and a rub, or are they trying to? What do you think he was trying to intimidate the other buck that was there? Um, you know, they definitely like you'll see like where a whitetail does like tear up a tree when they 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 rub on it. Uh, and Axis definitely does that as well. I, I don't know about the whole scrape situation. Like I haven't. I haven't seen it, or I don't know that we've been able to identify if it's any different, whether if we're seeing trails from a whitetail or an axis. So you can definitely tell sometimes, though, that when they're like the rub marks on a tree, uh, when they're bigger or higher up, sometimes like you're okay, that's definitely an axis. Okay. So, but this was a smaller tree, and man, he was just giving it hell all the way up and down, just tearing it up. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so, um, but yeah, as far as behaviors, uh, we, we've struggled to really identify anything that works as far as really attracting them or calling yeah, them. Yeah, they seem so. to be kind of independent of outside mm-hmm. influence. Yep. That, as far as what we can tell, they are. So 
so yeah, um, I lucked out, and uh, so that particular buck that uh, I, I had that kind of face-to-face type encounter with, he was in velvet, and um, oh cool. So it, you know, fast forward a few weeks later, uh, when they showed up, it was like that's him. <laughs> and it was just like oh my goodness and one it was cool to see the additional antler growth over the few week period and then two it was uh you know it was the first access buck taken with a bow on that property in all the years they'd been there so oh that's um, awesome man yeah so it was it was really really cool experience so um and then right after i shot him and you know like i said it was it was raining and it was freezing and I was sitting there just freaking out because he ran up into across the Sendero into some trees just out of sight. And um, all I could think about was like, oh, my God, it's raining, it's raining, it's going to wash the blood trail away. Like, this this sucks. And yeah. um, crazy enough is it got cold enough fast enough when I, uh, I sat in the blind for a couple hours and waited um, just to make sure I gave him plenty of time, even though I was pretty sure it was a great shot. And uh, when I went out there and recovered the arrow – and uh, the rain had basically frozen like ice over the top of everything, almost like it laminated it, like and all the blood was preserved under the ice rather than being washed away. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And, um, you know, I was able to kind of identify a pretty good blood trail and walk straight up to him pretty much. And uh, it, it was it was really cool. So we got him loaded up, taken back to camp and um had absolutely the coolest meal I've ever had in my life that uh, that evening because we we uh, had the tenderloins from that deer that that after or that evening in camp after shooting it that morning and uh, yeah it was just an incredible experience. That's so. Would you on on your scale? I know you've only you, you said you've only been hunting a few years. Is that kind of near the top or the apex of, of of accomplishments that you've that you've done with the bow thus far? I would say so, yeah. Because I mean, honestly, I don't have any big trophy stories or anything like that. Um, I've I've been able to uh, to put meat in the freezer, and since hunting, uh, I, I've I've taken more animals with a bow than I have with a rifle at this point, and you know, so that that's pretty cool. And um, you know, that same arrow that I shot that buck with is it's uh, tried and true, and I've taken five deer with that exact same arrow. Um, really? So, yeah, as, as I told my buddy, I said, if, if I ever lose or break this arrow, I said, I'm going to have to have a ceremony. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, man, it just keeps on ticking. I, I check it every time and spin it and all, everything. It still stays straight. Everything stays true. Oh, yeah. dude. It's, so yeah, the, so now, now that you've hyped the, 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 the arrow up, what brand is it? What arrow are you shooting? It, it's the Easton Full Metal Jacket. So. Oh, man. That's a great arrow, man. You shooting yeah. the, like the 6 millimeter or – um, this was the, uh, the original one before they started doing all the different sizes, gotcha. which I want to say is the five. Probably. Yeah. I, I, say think, it's that's, five. I think that's it's, what I used. Last yeah. Time I, bought a, them, I bought them a couple years ago and that's what I used. On knock sizes, it's the X. Right. So, right. Yeah. I want to say it's a five millimeter, but yeah, it's been, been a great arrow since I, since I started using it. So definitely, uh, you know, I'm interested in trying some other ones also and, you know, so hopefully, uh, through Bowhunter Box Club, we'll establish some relationships that'll make it to where not only can I try different arrows, but we can pass that along to the subscribers as well. Um, oh, no, that'd be cool, man. That yeah. would be really cool. So, you know, that, uh, that's also, um, not to derail again, but uh, that, an additional thing that I didn't mention when we talked about Bowhunter Box Club earlier is we have the VIP Pass-Through Club. 
So we've got the monthly box, but as bow hunters and hunters, we we all understand there's a lot of items that are too big or too expensive to put in a box monthly. It just doesn't work. So with that, we have the VIP pass-through club, which is a one-time per year fee for 12 months worth of the VIP status with the company. And those VIPs were establishing relationships with companies and getting discount codes and things like that exclusively for those VIP members so they can purchase things, whether it be arrows, releases, or other different products that are uh, more expensive that could be beneficial to the bow hunter that they can get their hands on to try at a, uh, at a cheaper price. Um, and then the most exciting part about that is it's also like buying 12 raffle tickets in one. And every single month we do a giveaway and uh, so far, we've given away three three bows. We've given away a Hoyt Pro Defiant, a Matthews Halon, and an Elite Tempo. So we're giving away high-quality stuff. Wow, so. dude, those are some awesome prizes. It kind of caught me off guard there for a second. I had to internalize what you just said. You know, oftentimes those raffles can kind of leave you wanting, but that's uh... – no, that that's another thing, man. Is my my focus is it's I want to be a quality offering that people are excited about. So, um, we we're giving away good stuff. Um, so yeah, um, I know for sure we'll have another Matthews giveaway here in the near future. Um, and and we're constantly working working to try to bring awesome stuff to the table like that that people are going to be excited to try to get their hands on and i can tell you that's been one of the most rewarding and exciting parts of this, this whole journey so far is every time i've had a winner getting to pick up the phone and call him and say hey congratulations you just oh, want a brand man. new bow um, <laughs> nobody's see, ever mad when you call them and say that no <laughs> no the, the very first one um i was like hey how are you oh I, you know i actually had to leave a message he didn't he didn't he wasn't able to answer at first and he called me back a few short minutes later and i was like hey man how are you doing today and he's like i have to say i'm doing pretty dang good now <laughs> and um, yeah the, the last guy that just won he was in michigan and he my number popped up and he's like who do i know in texas and uh he's like i almost didn't answer he's like but boy am i glad i did and, um yeah it's just it's so fun to to do that so not only is it a prize people are excited to get man it's, it's rewarding from all aspects so we're going to continue to bring to the table high quality offerings um there's going to be a lot of bow giveaways uh we got a few things in the works to try to give away some hunting opportunities and um so just a lot of good stuff and and that to get in on that vip club is only 79 dollars for the full year so gives well, you and, and you know as as much as you know i i'm a i'm a bow only fella in the sense that you know i got i got started in my career of hunting kind of late but i immediately fell in love my mentor was a big bow hunter and i've uh, well, he's big into archery, and that 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 became a passion of mine. And the one thing that has remained constant, no matter what, is I'm always tinkering. I'm always buying something else. I'm always trying to find something that can improve my game a touch further. And based on what you're saying, eighty bucks would pay for itself very very quickly in the archery world, as expensive as everything is. So, absolutely, absolutely. Through some of the discount codes alone, you you can more than more than make up the uh, cost difference and then like i said also have the opportunities of winning some some awesome stuff so um i, th I think we're very similar in the the getting into the hunting game a little later and and just yeah. falling in, in love with it and always wanting to tinker and see if we can find something new or better or you know just have good stuff so that that's exactly the premise that that you know bowhunter box club was born from well guys it sounds like uh this is if this is something you're interested in, if you're if you're like myself or, or Jason here and you like to tinker and uh, you plan on spending a pile of money, it sounds like you need to head over to uh, Bowhunter Box Club and and see what what he's got to offer. Um, 
Jason, if somebody wanted to to have having listened to this, run out and sign up, where where can they find you? What's the best way of of, of finding you and, and getting more information? Um, if they want to get more inf- information, you can find us on Facebook at Bowhunter Box Club. Um, we're also on Instagram as Bowhunter Box Club, or you can go to our website at www.bowhunterboxclub.com. Um, if you have any questions, you can always shoot us a message through any of the social media platforms. Email me directly, which is jason at bowhunterboxclub.com, and uh, I'll get back to you right away. If you're interested in signing up, do that over at the website. Um, check it all out, and you know we'll, we'll get some cool stuff heading out your way. Awesome. Well, buddy, I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and, and coming on here and sharing your story. I loved hearing the the differences between axis deer and whitetails. That's I didn't think they would be as abundant as they were. But if you'd stay on the line for just a second, I'm going to wrap this up. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Wild Edge Incorporated. Go over there, check him out on Instagram, hit that subscribe button if you liked what you heard. If you'd leave us a review on Podbean or Instagram or Stitcher, however you heard this podcast, if you like what you heard, please leave us a review with some feedback. That way we can, like Jason, provide you with the best content available and make sure it's it's actually meeting your expectations. And until next time, y'all stay good, shoot straight, and, and go out there and chase whatever your passion is. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.